Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com slash messages. It is such an honor, such a joy, Pastor Jeff and Brandy, and uh, just to be here and uh, just, just really being in awe of what God has done uh, through God's call in y'all's life. And, the, and, and really, I just, I feel so privileged just being in the presence of God. And uh, so we love you, Jennifer and I love you guys. We've actually known them. I'm just four and a half years older than Pastor Jeff, by the way. <laughs> I just thought I'd just qualify that. But uh, we've, we've journeyed together 23, 24 years, uh, met on the back of a bus at a conference. And so we love you, we honor you, and we're grateful uh, to be connected. Come on, can we just honor Pastor Jeff Little and Brandy? Love them so much. It is so amazing. I, I, I do want to welcome all the campuses, those that are joining online as well, here at the Kelly campus. Uh, I had the privilege of just a little while ago, walking around and just seeing all that God is doing, and, and uh, it's it's um, it's it's, a, it's overwhelming. I, I was there in the beginning in the cafetorium, and uh, and of course you're preaching in the very beginning, and people are getting drinks while you're preaching, so you can hear them coming out of the Coke machine, and uh, everybody say it's all God. It's 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 a privilege to be a part of. A church, and there's lots of great churches in this region, and but yet to be part of Milestone Church when you just you feel God's stamp and God's hand on a place. And so, um, Pastor Jeff asked me, uh, gosh, six seven months ago, if I would come and speak and and uh, and to kick off prepare. And uh, I've been here six seven times. As a matter of fact, I remember on Monday, I think it was in late 2007 or eight, when LSU was in the championship, and I wore a jersey. And uh, I got to tell you, I was so distracted through that whole message because I was preaching. I was hoping somebody, you know, had the score. Or, you know, it was during the middle of this message, but, but they're not playing. They should be playing. <laughs> but, but, but anyway, how many of y'all excited to get into God's Word tonight? Come on. How many of y'all excited? I want to just say, when Pastor asked me to come, I was so excited because I love the new year. I love things. I love everything about the new year. As a matter of fact, this is the time of the year where people will make more changes. They'll attempt to make changes. As a matter of fact, this uh, Saturday, it was great weather where I live. I live in the New Orleans region, pastor a church called Church of the King. And, uh, and, and so we, we were excited because it was so good, the weather, Saturday. And first week, first few days of the year, and people are out because this is the time of the year where you start new things. You stop things and you start things. There was this guy that was jogging. I mean, people, y'all, everybody knows who is just starting to work out because they have like new outfits on. <laughs> and, and I gotta tell you, I felt so sorry for this brother. He was, he was jogging in our neighborhood and just, you could tell it was a new thing. And I'm gonna just tell you, he was trying his hardest. People are going, and, you know, and it was like he was running like in the middle of the road. How I many you know if you're just starting to jog, find your lane. You know what I'm talking about. 
And every t- I just drove by him, and I just and, and I thought, man, I just I, I just hope I hope he stays with it. Everybody say new year. Everybody say new things. There's something about a new year. New opportunities, new possibilities. Many of you have said, this year I'm going to save this amount of money. I'm going to give this amount. Those of you in relationship, this is a a time to stop doing some things that maybe are injuring a relationship and then start doing things to help cultivate that relationship. There's something about a new year, new hopes, new dreams, new possibilities. But there's something, about, there's something about going into a new year, though, at times, going into a new year where you're bringing old pains. It's not fun at all. It's one thing to go into a new year, but it's, but it's, but it's a tough thing when you go into a new year and you're carrying old pains, things that maybe have injured you because of habits that you've tried to overcome for years, hang-ups, hurts from the past. And you come in and you can be in a setting like this and one of the locations are online and, and there's a, there, in one sense there's a mixture because there's a faith in your heart that, 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 that God is going to do something new, but yet there's still some old pains. How, how do you go into a new year with old pains? How do you do that? And not allow it to color your perspective. I want to talk to you today about about how do you deal with pain. Because what I've found is that it's hard to go into a new year with faith if you you can't deal with pain from the last year. Matter of fact, I want to answer this question. And the question tonight is, how do I I deal with my present pain? Sometimes circumstances change. But sometimes they don't. But, but I gotta, I've got to reckon with and I've got to deal because I don't want to go into a new year and be carrying the shrapnel of old pain. Almost like a bungee cord. You ever felt like you've been running fast towards somewhere and then right when you get to that moment, you're pulled back. Man, I, I, I know what it's like to go into a new year and carry old pain. I, I want to help you guys and I want to answer some questions I'm going to ask some questions. By the way, questions are not bad. Questions can be good. Questions are ways that, 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 that it stirs our heart. It, it stirs our mind. The issue is where do questions lead? People that ask good questions can have good conversations. And by the way, questions don't freak out God. I, I know in my life there's been times where I've asked some deep questions to God. Matter of fact, in my walk, I've walked with Jesus over 30 years. One of the things I've found is the question of why is not as helpful as the question of what now for me. You ever got hung up in the question of why Why'd this happen? Why'd this happen to you? Why'd this happen to me? Why'd this not happen? Why did this happen? Why did this not happen? Questions. Everybody say questions. Uh, I want to talk about the question of pain. It's hard to go into a new year when you're carrying old pains. Question, what are you going to do with your pain in 2023? How much is it holding you down, that pain in your soul because of maybe a troubled loved one? Maybe it's some sort of a emotional thing that you've been carrying for years and, and you see other people that are happy 
And you just went to that family function at the holidays and, and people were excited and yet you wanted to be, but, but yet you're carrying old pain. New year, old pain. How do you reconcile new year, new hopes, new dreams, but old pain? How, how, do, you, how do you deal with it? Does the Bible deal with it? Does the Bible address how to deal with pain? Is God interested in pain? How, how, does, how does he help us through our pain? I think questions are so important because when we come to God and we begin to get honest with God, God doesn't freak out when we're honest. With, we're, we're honest asking questions to God. Questions are good. By the way, by the way, it's okay for us to ask God questions, but watch out because God also is going to ask you questions. And what I found is when God asks people questions in the Bible, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. He wants you to know that he's located you. And he wants you to know that you, watch this, that you know where you are in relation to God. Adam, where are you? Do you think that God didn't know? Are you behind that bush? I'm not sure. Come on, I need an angel to help me out. Are you all with me? God asked Adam, Adam, where are you? Because God wanted Adam to know where he was. Questions. What do you do with your pain? Speaking of questions, I did hear something funny to kind of lighten the mood before we jump into our text. Heard something funny about questions where an elderly lady, she came into church one Sunday morning and a friendly usher greeted her and said, ma'am, where would you like to sit? She said, well, I'd like to sit in the very front row. He said, no, ma'am, you, you don't understand. You don't want to sit in the front row. He, she goes, no, I want to sit in the front row. He said, no, ma'am, you don't want to sit in the front row. She says, why is that? Because, ma'am, you don't understand. Our pastor is very, very boring. Ma'am, you don't understand. If you're sitting in the front row, you, people are going to find and they're going to see because you're probably going to go fall asleep when you're listening to the pastor. To which the lady said to the friendly usher, sir, do you know who I am? He said, no, ma'am. She said, I'm the pastor's mother. He said, Ma'am, do you know who I am? She said, no. He said, great, I'll see you later. <laughs> that was one wise usher right there. <laughs> everybody say questions. I want everybody to hear me very closely. Look right here. It's hard to go into a new year carrying old pain. I want to talk to you about how Jesus is going to help us in our pain in 2023. If you have your Bible, I'm going to ask you to open up to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. I'm grateful that Jesus does not leave us as outcasts in our pain. I'm grateful that he does not push us aside, but he helps us in our pain. If, if my hope and my prayer as I open the scripture tonight is that when you leave here, that there's a faith and that there's a hope in your heart that you can go into a new year not carrying that old pain. Doesn't mean all your circumstances will change. But the pain attached to the reality of that circumstance, God has the power to deliver you from pain. God has the power to deliver you 
from that pain. Mark chapter 5, verse 25. I want to read about a woman's encounter with Jesus. Jesus is not afraid of our pain. Mark chapter 5, verse 25. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years, and she suffered many things from many physicians. And she had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. And when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself the power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, question, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the truth. And he said to her, I love this. Man, this is powerful. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. One day Jesus was walking through a village on the western shore of the Sea of Galilee. The crowds were pressing around him. As we know from reading the Gospels, Jesus was a miracle worker. Could have been hundreds there that day. The Bible doesn't tell us exactly how many there, but, but we do know the Bible talks about throngs of people. There was a whole bunch of people, and, 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 and yet Jesus, as he was walking through that crowd, there was one woman who made a decision. She made a decision regardless of all of the opposition, regardless of everybody else. She made a decision that that day, at that moment, in that meeting, she was going to press through that crowd and get to the miracle worker. She wasn't sure who was sitting next to her in church that day. She wasn't sure what their need was. She wasn't sure what they carried in. But she knew this. She knew that she had pain in her heart. And she had pain in her body. And she was going to get to Jesus that day. I want to talk to you about how do you go into a new year and not carry old pain. Pain names people. Pain marks people. Pain discourages people. Oh, no. I don't believe the Bible says every circumstance we have in our life can be instantly healed. But I'm going to tell you what God does say. He can remove the pain. He can remove the pain attached to an old hurt, a loss in your life, a disappointment. I spoke to someone even recently last week, and I said, Pastor, I, I know what's happening. I know what you're going to talk about. I know what's coming, big dreams, and, and, and we're believing for big things, but pastor, I still carry this, and I knew what it was. I said, I'm believing God to touch you this year, because I'm believing that you don't have to go into another year carrying old pain. The reality is, is that, number one, she had pain in her life. The Bible says in Mark chapter 5, now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. Scholars don't fully know what this woman was dealing with. 
what it was. The Bible does say there was a flow of blood. Some believe she was battling a chronic illness. We do know, according to Levitical law, that when somebody is flowing with blood, they were deemed unclean. So that means it wasn't just a physical ailment at this time, but she was dealing with financial challenges. She had tried to do everything she could to be able to handle it. She had emotional challenges. She had physical challenges. She had financial challenges. Now, we do know that she also had relational challenges. The Bible doesn't tell us if she had a family. The Bible doesn't tell us that she had a family or a husband. But we do know, we do know from Scripture Somebody that has an issue of blood, they were, deemed, they were deemed unclean. People couldn't connect with her. Think of the societal pressure. Think of the ostracizing of an individual where maybe she couldn't even go into a meeting like this. I, I, I don't know, but, but, but I'm going to tell you something. There was physical pain. There was financial pain. There was, there was medical pain. There was relational pain. This woman had some pain. The reality is that she was challenged like many, many people today. The fact is, these last three years have been tough for a lot of people. I, I've had so many conversations as a pastor, just like your pastor, all the different dialogues that people have, the challenges, the health challenges that people have had, the challenges in family, the squabbling over things, the differing of opinions, and not to mention all the expectations of where somebody is financially and the impact in their businesses and even, even this last year, inflation and what's going to happen. And, and, and people are carrying things. People are carrying things about family members and what about my son and what about my marriage? And there's been such a fracturing in relationships. People carry that. They, 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 they carry pain. And let me tell you what pain does. Pain Pain isolates people because, because, because when you're in pain, you feel ashamed that you're even in that pain. And pain begins to talk to you, doesn't it? You are the only one, one, one in that marriage problem. You, 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 you are the only one, one. You're a, you're a terrible mother. You're a terrible father. If anybody else knew, you're a terrible and boy, pain just starts. You're dealing with a child. You're dealing with a relationship. And pain wants to name you. Pain wants to shame you. It, it wants to frame that there's no hope. And, and, it, and it wants to put you in a corner and isolate you. That's what pain does. Pain, pain, pain begins, to, it begins to mock you. It begins to shame you. How do you think this woman felt? Isolation. Outside the camp. Not connecting. How she got into that meeting today, oh my gosh, how she was able to press through. She, she, she somehow pressed through. I, I'm sure people were telling her things that day. But this woman, this woman was in pain. Pastor, why is it that we don't reach out when we're in pain? Let me give you a few reasons. Num number one, sometimes it's because of apathy. You've just given up. Sometimes people have grown so comfortable in their pain. They've grown so comfortable in their dysfunction. The children of Israel, they had become so comfortable in their unbelief that sometimes we can get our identity so rooted in our dysfunction that we lived so long with it, we don't even know how it is to live differently. We, we, we've been, we, that, well, that's who we are. And we develop social networks based upon our dysfunction. And we're scared that if we actually have to let that go, we'll actually have to lose some of the people that we've also kind of talked about this thing for so long with. 
Sometimes it's apathy. Sometimes it's unbelief. Sometimes it's despair. And the fact of the matter is, is that I, 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 I wonder, I wonder, I wonder what was going through her mind that day when Jesus came in. There was, there was a woman, she was, in, she was in pain. Number two, there was a problem. Mark chapter 5, verse 26, and she had suffered many things from, from many physicians, and she'd spent all that she had. And was no better, but rather grew worse. You ever been there before? <laughs> you've, done all the, you, you've done all the late night TV advice. You bought every program. You did every financial strategy. You've done everything in the natural that, you're, I mean, that you know to do. And yet you still got this lingering pain on the inside of you. The, the Bible says that she'd spent all Luke, who was a physician... Matter of fact, this is, this is an interesting miracle in the Bible. Three out of four of the Gospels have the woman with the, heal, the healing of the issue of blood. Three out of four. Luke chapter 8, he was a doctor. He had vivid insight, inspired by God to, to be able to write this. And he said, and, and she had done all, and it had grown worse, incurable, hopeless. Wow. Tough place to be in. And, uh, and yet... We come to a meeting like this, and there's excitement, and there's expectation, and there's hope, and yet there's a mixture. How do I go into a new year and carry old pain? How do I go into a new year? How, how do I go? I want to go to that small group, Pastor. I really want to go to that small group. But, but if I go to that small group, the, the enemy has lied to me so much, telling me that I'm so different and, I, and nobody's like me. I, I, I want to believe. And I'm going to help you tonight because Jesus wants to help you. The, the Bible's so clear. Stay with me. How do I get out of it? How do I, how do I navigate? Because, because I don't want to live another year in it. In it what? In the pain. Number one, she had had pain. Number two, she had done everything in the natural. Maybe that's where you are. Done everything in the natural. She had tried and tried. Expended energy. Expended resources. Expended relational capital. The Bible says, rather, she grew worse. It's interesting when you look in the scripture, I, I'm reminded of Abram and Sarah, who God promised them to have a child. They were going to have a child. And yet, it had been years and years and years and years and years. And, 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 and the thing that I love about this scripture, this scripture, this scripture specializes in presenting us, I want everyone to hear me at every location, it, it specializes in presenting us impossible situations that only God can fix. No human can fix it. No man can fix it. No human being. The ingenuity of man cannot get us out of some situation, but God. But God. I, um, I, I have four children and my kids are, um, I love my kids. And just like every Christian parent, dad, and mom, you know, you want the best for your kids and you're going to do everything you can for them. And I, I did everything. I, I had my kids memorize the book of James. I mean, it's like, I'm going to do everything, bring them on trip, coach them. For, and, and boy, I, I just, I, I had some challenges with my boys, real challenges. And, uh, 
I mean, I prayed, fasted, put their name up on every single wall. I'm in prayer and I believe God made him go to church. I just, and boy, there was just some challenges. And, and, and of course, you, I mean, you get around some people, you know, their kids are perfect, right? You know, it's like, they're just perfect. They don't even have a sin nature. You know, I, I, this, this, this one pastor asked me one time, he goes, I want you to talk about family. I said, I'll talk about, I don't, listen, before I had children, I used to teach on parenting. Now I just talk about prayer and the sovereignty of God. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I'm serious. Bring in Pastor Jeff. His kids are great. Seriously. I just, I, I, I'm like, man, I just, it's, it's Jesus. And um, last year, my, uh, I was in some real pain with some of my kids, one particular, one of my, my son. And boy, we went through the holidays last year. And I just, I remember telling Jennifer, I said, man, he is not in a good place. He is in a rough place, a bad, bad place. He's a senior in college, junior at LSU. And, and, um, and I just said, man, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I said, he's, in a, he's on a bad road, man. And, uh, I prayed and cried. We had a fast and prayer just like this, Pastor. Just like this. And I remember, I remember, I remember putting his name in the book. I believe in God. Oh man. Whew. I thought, God, if you don't do something, he's on a bad course. And um, he called me in January 16th. And he said, Dad, he said, you're not going to believe what happened to me. I said, what, son? I'm, you know, as a parent, I'm like, is he in jail? Is it, I'm, come on, parents. How many of y'all are real in the house of God? I know the rest of y'all are holy, but come on. Uh. He said, Dad, I got to tell you what happened. I'm talking about being in pain. I had been in pain for years. Years. I'd done everything I could, everything. He said, Dad, I can tell you what happened. He said, I had, a, I, had, I had a dream last night. And in this dream, there was, a, there was a monster. And Dad, it was chasing me. And I had a gun. And, and Dad, I, I, I kept turning to you. You were in the dream, Dad. And I kept turning to you. I said, Dad, if shoot it. Just shoot it, Dad. Kill it. Kill it, please. And in the dream, he said, I kept saying, I can't kill it, son. You've got to kill it. I can't kill it. You've got to kill it, son. And he said, I shot the monster, Dad. And, and, it, and it, it was dying. And it was getting ready to, it was getting ready to, to get up again. And, and, and it came back to life, Dad. And, and right when that happened... I woke up and said, Dad, I, I got a call right after that. Matter of fact, from Pastor Dave Anderson, who's one of our, our youth pastors over our youth. He's from Ireland. He's incredibly prophetic. And Pastor Dave, stand up, Pastor Dave. Pastor Dave said, he called Conrad that morning. He said, Conrad, God spoke to me last night that he had a message for you. And Conrad said, Pastor Dave, let me tell you what happened. Let me tell you the dream. And Dave said, let me tell you what that was. God was saying, you've been trying to ask your dad to kill sin in your life for years. You've been living off of your dad's faith. You've got to have your own faith in Jesus. Listen to me. Listen. 
Conrad fell on his face, wept, cried out to God for three hours, was supernaturally transformed by the power of Christ. Listen, he's now, he graduated, he's now starting seminary tonight and working at a church. Why? Because God specializes in doing what man can't do. What man can't do. What man can't do. What man can't do. I'm telling you, I've got a word for somebody. Don't give up on that prodigal son. Don't give up on that prodigal daughter. I don't care. They may be in a bar. They may be on drugs tonight. I'm telling you, God can give a dream to a kid and shake their world. Number one, this woman was in pain. Number two, she had done everything she could. If you've done everything you can, you are a candidate for a miracle from God. You're properly positioned. That's not hopeless. That's positioned. Number three, the third point. She had persistent faith. Mark chapter five, verse 27. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and she touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I should be made well. If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. This nameless woman doesn't come to Jesus with a fancy prayer or religious fanfare to impress him. She touches him. She touches him. She pushed through, she pushed through the noise of the crowd. She pushed through the distractions of others. She pushed through the busyness of life. Sometimes the reason why we're not positioned for what God wants to do is because we're just too busy for God to do it. We get distracted because we got so much. That's why I'm so proud of you guys. I'm so proud of you showing up. You're going to show up night after night, pressing into God. This woman pressed in. Why? Because she said, I'm not too busy for God. We're busy, man. Sometimes we miss the supernatural. We're just so busy. We're busy in our culture. Matter of fact, my son, Conrad, asked me two months ago, Dad, he goes, how did you get in touch with your friends in high school? Like, how did you get in touch with them? I said, we didn't, unless we saw them face to face. He goes, well, like, how did you, like, get a hold of them? I said, we didn't. We'd say, I'll meet you Thursday. In other words, we weren't in a car calling them. I said, matter of fact, son, we had something back then. Now, this dates me, but we had a thing. It was like this little booth you walk into, and you go, and you put a quarter in it, and you make a call. Okay, this is going to date somebody. How many of y'all remember when phone booths cost 10 cents? Come on, just raise your hand up. Come on. How many 25 cents? Come on, raise your hand up. Come on. How many 1990s? How many of y'all were the beeper generation? Come on now. You know what I'm talking about. Get vibrated. You know, my God, somebody's trying to get a hold of me. Oh, we don't have that today. We've got phones. We've got everything. Let me tell you, information's, listen, we used to have to look for it. Now it's looking for us. There's something special about setting a time side, setting time aside to, 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 to seek God. She pushed past business. God's going to touch you this week. There is a prodigal, a supernatural thing is going to happen like that. There's somebody that's been dealing with some habit, some addiction. Pastor, do you believe in counseling? Absolutely. We advocate. We have counselors. I, we believe in all of that. Do you advocate all? Absolutely. But I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes we can go on and on. You, there's something about a 
Boom, supernatural touch from God that could just speed up that process. That could just break something off your life. I mean, my God, it's, it's, it's those that press in, those that cry out. She cried out. She, she, she pushed past the busyness. She pushed past the distractions. By the way, I bet she pushed past some voices. Don't be too radical. Just stay back. Hey, I, I, just wait. Hey, hang on. Hey, where are you going? Are you going to prayer again? You were just online in prayer. Now you're going to show up at 6 o'clock in a prayer. You're going to do what? Wait, wait, back up, back up, back up, back up. Back. You know, there's always somebody right there waiting to tell you that you're too radical for God. And she, wait, 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 back up, back up, back up. Let me tell you, when I got saved, I was so messed up. I was, I, I come out of all kinds of stuff and party lifestyle and messed up. I, I had more, my demons had demons, by the way. I had all kinds of stuff. You want to know something? I wanted to be free. I had so much pain in my heart from my childhood, from my decisions, from things that happened around me. And I want to tell you something. I didn't want to live in that. You don't have, your pain in your gut is not the cross that God called you to bear. That's a lie. That's not God's plan for your life. God wants you whole. God wants you free on the inside. You can feel the sense, God's joy, God's presence. I went to every altar call. I showed up every prayer. I remember I went to, I went to college, graduated, went to Bible school, Christ for the Nations. I answered every altar call. Every time there's an altar call, let me tell you, if you're in pain, go up. Every time that somebody says, can I pray for it? Get prayer. Why? Just keep pressing it. Just keep pressing it. Let me tell you, I went up for an altar call one time because the, the, the guy was at Christ for the Nation. He goes, if you, I, I don't know, something like, if you enjoyed Halloween too much, I'm like, I'm going up. I'm just, I'm just, I want to get free. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm just going up. I know what it's like to live in pain. I know what it's like growing up in an alcoholic family. I, 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 I know, trust me. And then I have my own issues with substance abuse. I know. But when I got saved, and I, I, I made some decisions, I, I'm, I'm going I'm to show up and I'm going to press through you know, my brother told me when I got saved, he goes, Steve, you'll be back. Back to what? Back to what? What is there to go back to? Pastor, there's nowhere, there's nothing to go back. Go back to what? Back, back, to, back to not remembering what you did the night before? Back to, oh my gosh, I hope, oh gosh, and, and hope nobody finds out. Back to what? And thank God, God's touched his life now. And, but, 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 but you got to, everybody say press. She, she kept pressing in. She kept pressing in. You've got to be willing. Prepare is about pressing in. But prepare is, not just, it, prepare is not just a time to press in. Prepare sets you up to press in all year long. It's I'm going to press in. I'm going to press past that pain because it's not just my willpower. It's who I'm holding on to. It's God. It's persistent faith. She kept saying to herself, look at verse 28. She said, she said, for she said, if I, do you actually know in the little translation, it says, for she kept saying to herself, she kept saying, she kept speaking it over. You know why we believe in confessing the word? You know what I love about the prayer books is you got to keep saying it. You got to keep saying it. You got to keep saying it. You got to keep saying it over and over. You got to keep declaring it. You got to keep, I, I'm not going to live in this. Some of, I'm telling you, we have settled into this thinking that this is, no, God wants more for you. God wants an abundant life for you. I'm not talking about externals. I'm talking about internally, where you can have the joy of Jesus, the peace of Jesus, the life of Christ on the inside of you. 
We got to keep saying it. We got to keep declaring it. We got to keep saying it over. We got to keep declaring it. You know, it's crazy. I, I, I don't remember struggling with fear as a kid. I got saved two months after I, two months after I got saved. This is crazy, but there was like a demonic spirit of fear that came in my room. I know this sounds crazy. I don't know if I've ever said this at this church before. It was so scary. This is so embarrassing to say. I literally slept as a Christian, as a Christian for about six or eight months with the light on at night after I got saved. My first year being saved because there was a demon spirit that had come to torment me. Pastor Doug Arman, who's on our staff now, he said, let me tell you what you need to do. You write down these scriptures, and every time you feel that demon spirit that tries to torment, you get up, start walking back and forth, and you start keep saying, just keep declaring the word, keep declaring the word, keep declaring the word, keep declaring the word. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power of love. Kids just keep saying. She kept saying, what am I? I'm pressing into the word. I'm pressing into the Bible. I'm pressing into Christ. Can I tell you something? I remember the day when I went, it's gone. It's gone. How many of y'all grateful that Jesus delivers? Come on. Are y'all grateful that Jesus delivers? And can I tell you something? He wants to deliver your life. He wants to answer your prayer. He wants to touch your son. He wants to touch your daughter. He wants to deliver you in your situation, at your job. He wants to break that habit off your life, that hurt from the past, that hang up. Why not now? Why not you guys? Why not this week? Press. Everybody say press. She kept pressing in. She kept pressing in. I'm almost finished. She kept pressing in. She kept pressing. She kept saying it. She kept saying it. She kept saying it. Last verses. Look at verse, almost done. Verse 29 to 30. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around to the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? Who touched my clothes? There was a lot of people around Jesus that day, but only one touched him and received that power. Isn't it crazy how two people can be in the same church and one hear Pastor Jeff preaching, like, that was amazing. The other one go, when did the Cowboys play? It's all of our hearts. If we press into God, and the Bible says that, that immediately power, power went out. Who touched my clothes? Who touched my clothes? It's interesting. I often ask myself, why, why is it that he, he, he did that? Why, why, why didn't he just keep going? I think part of it is that he wanted to validate her testimony to those around. He wanted to show everybody in that community because of the Levitical law, because of how ostracized she was and marginalized and diminished she was. Who, who touched me? Oh, this, this woman. Come here. Come here. This is the one who touched me. She's, she's, this is, this is the one. Can you imagine what everybody thought? That's the woman. Don't get close. Oh, no. Jesus wanted to get close. Look at these last words. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. I love the word well. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Whole. Sozo. Healed physically, healed emotionally, healed spiritually, healed, healed. She's healed. No more shame, no more pain, no more lies of the enemy telling her that she'll not imagine. No, no, this is who she is. She's washed, she's cleansed, 
She's righteous. She's holy. Come on, God's talking to some of you right now. He's holy. He's a man of God. He's not who he used to be. He's washed. He's cleansed. He's delivered. He's a new man. He's a new man. A new man in God. A new man in God. First year of the church, this lady called my husband or called my called my wife and said, Your husband. Your husband, people are gonna find out what he was like. I know what your husband was like, but huh, I know what he was like in college. She said, he tells him every week. <laughs> I was deep in sin. I was so far in sin. So far. I'm just grateful. I'm grateful to God that Jesus cleansed me, washed me, purified my heart. Renew my soul. I'll tell you this last thing and I'll close them. The pastor will come up. I, I was really struggling last year with my, my the back to the sun thing. And I really was walking under some condemnation. I really was. Because you compare yourself with other people. What, 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 did, what did I do wrong? I did everything I was supposed to do. By the way, let me just to help everybody. Your kids have their own will. Just remember that. We need to do the right thing. But and I and I remember, I remember afterwards when God touched my son's life. I remember that. I, I sense the Holy Spirit say, "I saved him. You didn't save him. Don't take credit for it." I don't take any credit for it. I'm grateful for the power of Christ. I thank you for the resurrection power of Jesus. I thank you that Jesus saves, heals, delivers, and he can do, listen to me, listen to me, he can do in your life tonight, he can do your life this week in a moment. She did everything that she could, and it got worse. Everything. I'll say this to some of you pastors. You're precious men of God and women of God in here, and you're doing, some of you have been working so hard, and it's good. We want to make our rights, but I'm telling you, we, we need, God can do in a moment, in a moment, in a moment, in a moment, in a moment. Pastor, if you can come on up right now. I just sense, I want to pray for prodigals right now, if we can do that. I'm telling you that God is going to save some prodigals. How many of y'all believe that God is going to save some prodigals this way? I'm believing for that. I'm believing for that. I know this sounds, I know this sounds wild and I hope I'm not out of line, but can Pastor Dave Anderson, can, can he come up that had that dream? Can he come up with us and pray this over these? He, Let's just stand on our feet. Let Pastor Dave pray. Um, this is our youth pastor. If you're here, if you're here, and I know we're streaming the ministry time as well, so if you're in the tent, uh, your campus pastor's there, if you're at a campus, so every, every, everybody is, uh, is together right now. So if you're here and you say, I'm bearing witness with a prodigal, a child, or someone that you're praying for, I want you just to raise your hand right now. You say, that's me. Wow, 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 wow. God's gonna touch him. Keep your hands up. Let me tell you, God spoke to Pastor Dave. God spoke, listen to me. I know there is no pain like kid pain. There's no pain. But I'm telling you, God's gonna touch your child. Listen to me. 
Listen to me. God's going to touch your child. God is going to do the miraculous. I'm telling you, he's going to touch your child. And God spoke to Pastor Dave. God spoke to him and gave him that word. I'm so grateful to you, Dave. I'm forever grateful how God used you in my son's life. Let's believe God. Let's believe with these parents right now. Let's believe God. Come on, if you're close to somebody with their hand raised, I encourage you just to stretch a hand. I lay your hand on their shoulder. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, tonight we surrender. We thank you for your presence. Jesus. Lord, we thank you that you never let go of us. Lord, we thank you that every child that is being prayed for right now, before they were ever a son or a daughter of someone in this room or someone watching online, they were a son and a daughter of you, God. And so, Lord, tonight we call out their name. I want to encourage you, even if you feel the faith tonight, to speak that name. Lord, as we say these names, we pray that your Holy Spirit would meet them, God, where they are. Lord, we thank you that there is nothing that can separate us from your love. No angel or demon, God, no decisions. There is no place that they can roam that is too far for your hand, God. We thank you that you are the God that redeems their life from the pit. Lord, we thank you that right now, even by your Spirit, you are reaching into the pits or where they are, God, and you're pulling them out, Father. You're going to give them dreams, Lord. You're going to give them visions, Father. In fact, right now, God, we believe that where they're standing, they're beginning to be moved by your Spirit, Lord. With a fresh fire, come on, say fresh fire. Fresh wind upon their spirit, God. Fresh fire, fresh wind. Lord, we thank you for those that were touched, God, even as, as, in, the, in, the, in the King's kids by your spirit, God. That, that, that the word of God was spoken over them in their youth and they were, they were met by you, God. Would you rekindle the flame tonight? Would you breathe the, the presence of God upon them, Lord? And would that flame reignite, God? And Father, right now, we pray as a family that you would cut off shame, you would cut off condemnation, and all they would see is like the prodigal son story, the father on the horizon waiting for them to come home. Lord, I thank you for the faith in this room. If you're filled with faith tonight, can you lift your voice in this place? Begin to clap. Come on, there's something about celebrating before it's done. Victory in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.